Before we start, a quick warning: this episode contains self-harm content. We're talking about suicide and swear words. So if you're not ready for that, well, then this is not the right time for you to listen this now. It's from the Wallflowers, a weekly podcast and everything about mental health stories, all based in Hong Kong. And I'm your host Jasmine. This week, from the Wallflowers, we're talking about bipolar disorder. I remember when I was in my elementary school, my English teacher taught me an article about life, and the article describes that life is like a roller coaster. So to present this idea graphically, you need a paper and a pen. Basically, you are drawing a normal distribution curve, a bell-shaped curve, or my maths teacher back then used to call it a highly explosive pimple. After you draw a normal one, and then you draw an inverted one, an inverted bell-shaped one. Continue this pattern up and down gradually. And here you are. This is actually how normal people have their moods during daily lives. But to people who are suffering from bipolar disorder, their rights are not as safe as the normal ones. So, what is bipolar disorder? It used to be called as manic depression. To make it simple, from the medical terminology, it's an alternation of extreme mania and major depression. So somebody has to exhibit a persistent increase or decrease energy level in their daily tasks that may last at least seven days, or the symptoms are serious enough to be hospitalized. This disorder is very common among fifty to twenty-five years old, but it can also happen at later ages. Female and male both have the same chance getting this disorder. My discovery of having bipolar disorder—it's a long and remarkable one, and a lot of misdiagnoses made in the past, made by different doctors, actually slow down my recovery process in finding the right chemical cocktail and therapy. Of course, in my really high times, I feel wired. I feel like I can do everything, and and those everything. Are correct. These kind of overconfidence encourages me to engage in risky activities like abusing alcohol, even though I'm not supposed to when I'm having antidepressants. And when it comes down a bit, coming back to the stable level, I'll reflect on those decisions, and I think those decisions are made during the times when I'm out of my character, and that's not me. And then the curve goes down, a sudden drop. Welcome. This is the depression episode. I cannot sleep. My heating habit would change from all to nothing. I feel anxious about myself. Am I positioning the pen correctly on my desk? Have I locked the door? Is my wallet here in my handbag? For me, this dark period is usually surrounded by the guilt of the things I did at the extreme mania. I would blame myself. And on some critical occasion, I would have suicidal ideation. 
It's something hard to open up when you're having bipolar, because people around me usually misunderstand that I'm a, am an outgoing, happy-go-lucky girl, and I have nothing to worry, and I shouldn't feel sad. But there are always bad times for people, and whenever these hit me, I'll just text my friend, and she would talk the way out. She's the first thing that comes to my mind. I feel something wrong in me. Herself is experiencing bipolar as well. How long have we been very close to each other? Well, I think we have known each other since grade eleven, which is sixteen years old, and I'm twenty three now. So、oh. I guess six years. Sixteen, seven years. <laughs> In this episode, she's calling herself a baby's breath, which I later found out on the internet it means long-lasting love. I feel so touched because it's really the way how she treats me. She's a fresh grad from the UK, now working in an investment company. Here is her story. So now, how do you identify yourself? You're suffering from depression or bipolar disorder.、Uh, back then, I wasn't very sure what depression is. So I thought depression is only about yeah being very emotional. You're always very sad and depressed. And I have to admit that back then I was having a very negative emotion all the time due to academic stress. But for now, sometimes I'll have a very Serious emotional upheavals, because my emotion will suddenly rise to a very peak level and suddenly drop to a very low level in maybe in a split second. May I ask how fast that you would have mood swings? I think last week I was having a dinner with my colleagues and I was in a really happy mood because finally it's Friday. I heard that some of my colleagues are criticizing me for about my working attitude and stuff, and it's totally bullshit. And then I start to overthink, and then my mood just suddenly drop to like negative hundred. Last week was within an hour because I just couldn't stop crying during that dinner when everybody was watching me, and I just ran out of the hotel and start to cry in the middle of the dinner. Rewinding back to that time when you were very low, what sort of thing actually made you to go up again? Because、um, I have the habit of walking in the woods when I'm stressed out, because I have a really bad sense of direction, and so I would just intentionally take a wrong path sometimes without using the Google Google Map, or take a longer route in the woods to calm myself down, and just listening to music and walk around by myself. The misdiagnosis of bipolar disorder is very common.、Mm-hmm. Most of the stages, like people would diagnose them. Of depression rather than bipolar, it takes time.、Um, have you ever thought about labeling yourself have mental illness? Is something that stand in the way of being who you are?、Hmm. No, but on the counter, I think that defines who I am because that's the one thing that constantly said by my current boyfriend, which I love him a lot. If you're listening, yeah, because every time when I'm experiencing some like mood swings, I will. Apologize to him, saying that I'm sorry, because he's a very optimistic person. I'm affecting him with my bad vibes and mood. But、um, every time he'll be like, "It's okay, because that's who you are." And I think that's absolutely true, because、um, 
I think I have a lot of flaws, but this flaw sort of defines who I am, makes me a real person. So how old were you, were you when you first noticed that you have something different from others? It traces back to grade 11 because um, I was in a drama production and I was in a student union association election and I was being picked on in front of the whole school. And then my academics dress because my school, they focus on ranking. If you drop your rank, it means you, you lose a chance to enter the university. And then expectation from my family and so on. For me, I will, uh, I will write words on my body Uh, bad words like for example stupid you should work harder and um oh you're like you, you're a fucking idiot because i have a little balcony in my room and then i will force myself to wake up at four to study and i'll study at the balcony and for many nights i want to throw my books down the balcony because i i really hate what i'm doing but i have to go on i think part of my um my mood swings comes from my high expectation of myself Then how did you parents notice that you have something kind of different from others? Um, I think my my mom discovered it for one night. She she happened to wake up earlier than usual, like 5 a.m. And then she saw me um, like staying outside of the balcony in, in the cold, <clears throat> struggling, crying. And then she talked to me. And then that's the moment I realized I have a family history of emotional like sickness. Have you ever... <laughs> told about your emotional issues to your friends i told some of my really really close friends like you <laughs> my current boyfriend my housemates back then i think one or two of them uh because sometimes when i was having going out with them or and sometimes i i just suddenly my mood just turned really really bad just crying and throwing stuff oh yeah throwing stuff i, I broke my keyboard my computer Uh, when I was in a low mood, because I was just yelling and throwing shit back then, and not now anymore. <laughs> But then um, I feel like I should tell them what's happening to me. I'm not just in a bad mood, but I can explain like why is my mood suddenly just turned so bad. So I told some of them, and some of them aware of that, so they talk to me. So may I ask what are the factors that affect you in whether talking about yourself to others first of all i trust all of them a lot and um i would say in and you trust that person a lot and it's easier to open up yourself to that person i know that they will understand me so i'm i think my secrets or not my secrets my my they they, they may help they can help me in some way like i think my secrets are safe with them like not every of my friends they give me advice but some of they're just there to listen whenever they spot something wrong with me they would just call me they would just talk to me and stop myself from overthinking things and to do silly stuff and I think that really helps because it sort of helped because talking to your friend calms you down and makes you reflect on uh, the root cause of all these mood swings and stuff and you will eventually figure out oh actually this the thing is not as bad as I thought there's always a way out In my previous experience, when I was in high school, my mm. ex-boyfriend mm -hmm. gave me a book on how to be happy when I mm -hmm. told him that I was very depressed. And then he just like dismissed with puberty issues. <laughs> I didn't really understand like 
what's the purpose of that book. But now I reflect like, okay, that's, that's a complete humiliation to mm. me. And have you ever encountered to any this kind of indifferent or cold judgments? And then I distinctly remember when I was in year two, because I wasn't doing well academically. And I expressed this worry to my ex-boyfriend. And all he say is, um, you're demanding yourself too much. You should chill out. And I think the problem is, it's not that easy. And I open up myself to him and he sound very indifferent, as you said, because he's elder than me. He thinks it's just a child thing to worry about academic stuff. It'll get better. Don't think about it. And then talk about stress. Sometimes I feel stressful sometimes as well because I don't want to stress out my friends because um, sometimes it happens quite frequently. And I don't want them to think that I'm a burden to them. And I think the most important thing is um, for someone like me, I don't really need a really good advice to comfort me. All you have to do is just show understanding and show me that you'll listen. It's already really, 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 it really, really helps. <laughs> We're really kind of a match because whenever you have your low times, I'll be at my high times. <laughs> and then on the other way around, whenever somebody feeling not well, yeah. and then the other one will back backs yeah. her up. Yeah. And I feel like I really appreciate that because this happened to us <laughs> throughout our seven year friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that Hong Kong is a good place or mental health patients to open up their feelings? To be honest, no. I think my family and some of my friends, they have a very high level of acceptance. They accept who you are. But some people are just very judgmental in Hong Kong. And they have a misconception about a lot of mental illness. It, it's still a very normal thing to a lot of people, but it's not the truth. Like I feel like it's still happening in Hong Kong. So it's unfair to a lot of people who are suffering from these mental illness. And it's not... How should I say? It's not a taboo to talk about, but Hong Kong makes it sort of like a taboo. Like you, even if you're, if you even if you're suffering from these things, you shouldn't tell anybody. You shouldn't let other let others label you. You should just act normal. And I think it's it's unhealthy trend. It's just it's just making people suppress themselves even more. What is your advice to somebody who who suffers from bipolar disorder? I think, first of all, you have to tell yourself that it's not a big deal. My mom also always said that, um, I don't know how to say in English, like, um, let me think. There are actually a lot of space in the room and you're forcing yourself to go to the corner and and, and sort of think that the world is, is ending because of that. And um, I think, um, actually, not only my mom, a lot of people say that to me. And um, I think just, just um, sometimes just, step back a bit, drink some coffee, do something to distract myself and rethink about the whole situation with someone you trust. Opening up yourself to somebody is a scary thing for me to act on. I normally don't trust people because they don't really keep people's secrets in a safe place. But as far as I know, in my 20, almost 22 years, I was actually lucky to meet a guy that he held no judgment on whatever I said and stayed there whenever I needed something 
I remember I was asking him on the date whether my negativity would affect him, cause I don't want to burden anyone because of my own issues. And then he said, "Like, chill out. It's fine. Um, I'm totally okay with that. Just talk to me if you need." Then, yeah, I would talk to him, talk about everything, including my ugly side, and sometimes he would. He would make comments on my actions, or try to change my values. Sometimes he would say, "I know this process of recovery. I know this process of staying depressed is terrifying, but times like this will pass. You're not alone. We're fighting this together." At times he might just give me a hug, and for most of the time. He would just remain silent, let me cry for hours. I feel like bipolar has been eating up my life for so many areas, and I'm still finding a way to sort out my disorder. And I I made a lot of mistakes in my dark times. You are here with me. The storms are over, and the sky is coming out. Cause I know you are here with me. This is for you. Thank you. If you have been affected by anything we talked about, please call the Samaritans at twenty-eight ninety-six. Four zeros. That's a Hong Kong number, and you can also visit their website at samaritans.org, or just talk to your friends and family. They're always there for you. From the Wolf Hours is a weekly podcast produced by myself, Jasmine Lang, and credits to our guest, Baby's Breath. See you again next week. <laughs>